Hello, students, and welcome back to another episode of Pop Culture University, the university where you learn everything going on in the world of pop culture and see what life lessons you can get from it for your own life. Because it's not just pop culture, it's our culture, and they're not just celebrities, they're you and me. If it is your first time here, thank you so much for coming. Take a seat in the classroom wherever you would like. Everyone is welcome here. Even the bisexuals, especially the bisexuals. If it is not your first time here, thank you so much for coming back. You are a student who is valued and a gold star student and maybe a gold star gay. And I love that too. Students, I'm having a week of mixed emotions because this week is my birthday. Professor Patty is turning 23 Oh my God, I feel so old. I remember when I was like in high school, I would look at a 23-year-old and be like, they are geriatric, they're historic, they are ancient. And I would just be like, wow, they are grown men and now I'm 23, but I still see myself as like a 13-year-old. But at the same time, I feel like I'm 50. So I don't know, birthdays are kind of sad to me. They make me really reflective of my life and um, remind me of my mortality and make me feel like I'm never going to reach my full potential and life is just passing me by, especially my twenties are just passing me by. So I'm going to try to maintain my mental health this week, but as you know, I'm, I'm going to share a few things that happened with to me this week in this episode, and you'll see why my mental health is on a downhill spiral, but there's actually a lot of iconic celebrities who are Leos. I feel like the best celebrities are Leos, the best astrology sign that you want to have if you want to be a celebrity is a Leo. We have celebrities like Madonna. I have the same exact birthday as Madonna. Barack Obama, uh, the hottest president to ever live. Kylie Jenner, Chris Hemsworth. Did you know Chris Hemsworth is 40 this year? His birthday was a few days ago. If he's 40, I'm 40. He looks better at 40 than I do at 23, and I'm not even lying to you. God, he's such a daddy. J-Lo... You know what? Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. I take it back. I, I'm curious to know, though, if you were not your astrology sign, what astrology sign would you want to be? If you could be str- if you could be trans astrological sign, what would you want to be? Let me know. I've met so many Leos in L.A. because I feel like the number one trait of a Leo is being an attention seeking, attention whore, center spotlight, narcissistic in a fun way type of person so there's a bunch of leos running around so many people with my same birthday so hopefully this week will be like a banger this week has also been a banger in pop culture because so much shit has been going on including the continuous downfall of ariana grande people calling her a homewrecker lizzo still headed to court and her situation getting worse but also kind of a lot better and then doja cat having a surprisingly high ranking on the billboard chart despite saying she hates all her fans we're gonna get into that we must talk about how taylor swift may be confirmed that she is gay or bisexual this week and the opposite of taylor swift lil tay how she was dead and now alive and how the internet's most exploited child who is an absolute delinquent is breaking the internet this week then we must talk about the actually terrifying new side effects coming with ozempic that are causing literal people to literally die including elvis's daughter having a potential side effect from ozempic that led to her death And lastly, we're going to talk about a lot of the pop girls 
like all of them are teasing new music and it's really 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 exciting we're talking about nikki miley selena so there's a lot to talk about this week but before we get into it students rate this podcast five star on spotify apple podcast subscribe to it follow it. it helps me get pushed out there on the algorithms of both of those apps and helps spread the university around the whole world and the country we want everyone to enroll here so the budget can get higher and your tuition can be decreased this is a phd level class you better be ready to keep up with all the tea screenshot yourself listen to it post it to your instagram story and tag me because uh, we don't have big companies doing that for me. We're working on that. But without further ado, st- uh, take your seat, students. Class is starting. Pay attention. Face forward. Pop Culture University is in session. What's your place in the second floor and you're standing smiling at the door? And I'm sure I've seen much hotter men, but I really can't remember when. My brain goes, oh, can't hear Okay, students, so for the bell ringer today, we need to do a little bit of an update on some stories of the past week, including all of our favorite pop girls who used to have such amazing public relations are now absolutely downfalling. They may be in the Billboard Top 10, but they're also in the FBI's Top 10 Most Wanted, or at least that's what it feels like. So let's start with Lizzo. As we know, Lizzo, the CEO herself, has a 37-page lawsuit filed against her by her former background dancers, and she is being summoned to court. Not only is it her background dancers, though, but people are coming out of the woodwork who are saying she's a bully, narcissist, who built her whole career and image based off lies, people who used to work on her documentary saying they had to quit because she makes such a hostile work environment. Her dancers are saying she's a fat shamer, which is the biggest oxymoron of all time. Maybe she just wants to be the heavyweight champion. So anyone who tries to surpass her, she fat shames. And the whole world was really against Lizzo. And that really made me sad because I feel like Lizzo's whole life, the world has probably been against her. And I really do believe her narrative of she's faced so much bullying and just intolerance of her own existence because of the demographics she fits in and, you know, the various forms. So I have the biggest piece of empathy and love for Lizzo in my heart. And I didn't want this story to be true. So when those dancers came out and were absolutely going on a smear campaign, worse than like a political campaign in 2016 on every news outlet like TMZ or Good Morning America, just relaying the craziest stories about bananas and vaginas and how Lizzo threatened to beat their asses. (laughs) Hold my bag, bitch. Hold my bag. Do you see this shit? Hold me back. I'm about to knock somebody out. Yo, where my best friend? She's the only one I know to talk me off the deep end. Well, Lizzo's case has seemingly gotten a little bit worse in these past week since this has been going on. She was dropped from Super Bowl halftime show consideration. And for those of you saying she doesn't have enough hits, um, yeah, she absolutely does. You really only need five to fill a 12-minute show. Let's let's be fucking real. And that unfortunately disqualifies Jojo Siwa. I'm kidding, Jojo. We love you. And Boomerang is a smash hit. Uh, uh, um, A festival she was supposed to headline with SZA, her SZA sister, was canceled. And they're like BFFs, so I'm sure they would have had a great time. They, they would have touched so many strippers and ate so many bananas out of vaginas together. 
but that is now canceled. And they said they canceled it for severe circumstances. Whoever wrote that press release is hilarious for just saying severe circumstances. The next time I have to cancel plans with someone, I'll just say I'm having severe circumstances. <laughs> and then I won't go. Uh, and allegedly six more people have come forward to the lawyer that is representing the three dancers who are in this lawsuit and saying that Lizzo has also done some nasty, fucked up, vulgar shit to them as well. However, there is some bright side to this whole Lizzo thing because everyone thought that Beyonce was shading her at the Renaissance tour last week when she goes through the Break My Soul remix lineup of the women and queer people that have inspired her in the past. And she used to, she used to have Lizzo's name in there. Um, I, I forgot whose it is around, but there's like 20 different people's names. And she last week was skipping over Lizzo's. She was very obviously closing her mouth and sealing her lips. Like when you put your lips like on the inside of your mouth. So it just like, like looks like you have absolutely no lips, like the whitest, crustiest boy that, you know, I was actually born with very full lips. Thank you very much. Or like when I like tuck my thing down there and it just looks like I don't have, you know what? Never mind. But Beyonce actually gave her a shout out this week at the Renaissance store and specifically yelled, I love you, Lizzo. And that is really going to sway public opinion because Beyonce's queen bee. The other bees tend to follow her wherever the hell she may go, even if it's off in delusion land and loving Lizzo. So this is going to really sway public opinion. And I'm sure those dancers are very pissed off and bitter and angry because they want to sway public opinion. That is their whole campaign because unfortunately they don't have much of a case when it comes to factual matter. There wasn't any recorded audio of these interactions. There almost was, but Lizzo threatened to like strangle the girl who recorded a video and falsely imprisoned her in a closet until she deleted all those videos off her for phone, which you might say is a crime. Her, Lizzo's lawyer may say, it was a great move. Marty Singer probably loves Lizzo because they both work harder than the devil. But the dancers are lacking a case when it comes to factual information. And something else that's really damaging their case now is that it's believed that Lizzo's team leaked an audition video of Ariana Davis auditioning for season two of Watch Out for the Big Girls, Lizzo's Amazon Prime show. And if you don't know, Ariana is one of the women on the lawsuit saying that Lizzo is the worst person she ever met. But in this re-audition tape that happened just a few months ago, right before this lawsuit was filed... A year after working with Lizzo, she said, quote, I've been working with Lizzo for maybe a year now. It's been so amazing and such a beautiful journey. I look up to Lizzo so much and want to follow in her footsteps. She even called her the queen because she wanted to get back on her show for a second season. I've been working with Lizzo for, for uh, some months, maybe close to a year now. And um, it's been so amazing and such a beautiful journey. And, you know, do what Lizzo's doing. I I look up to her so much, and I just want to follow in her footsteps and not the Queen Lizzo herself. So that seems to take away any emotional pull that we had towards Ariana. You know, she was acting like Lizzo was so terrible, and she couldn't even stomach being in the same room as her, and she would die if she had to spend another day at the Lizzo camp or on the Lizzo tour. Well, it doesn't really seem like it if you just wanted another opportunity from her. So maybe this will just not work out for Lizzo. But for now, it is. Uh, she's still getting sued and she's still getting summoned to court. So good for her. Maybe her and Shakira can match their outfits when they go to court um, later this year. My Professor Patty prediction is that Lizzo will win the case. Um, okay, let's move on to Miss Ariana Grande. The most incomparable, iconic, legend, 
goddess of a woman. She is my favorite pop star of all time. And she is innocent. I don't care what Twitter says. I don't care what those who's from Whoville say that she tears up people's marriages year after year. All those people are bitter and jealous that they do not have the vocals of a literal angel sent from above. Like if you did not write, record and release the Sweetener album, I am not going to believe you. I'm, I'm going to tend to take the person who did do all those things and then win a Grammy. I'm going to take her side in this for now. And I truly believe people just like to take down powerful women when they're in a really good situation in their life or they're doing really well. And Ariana Grande's in the biggest movie of the upcoming year and still on the top of the charts for with Die For You, with The Weeknd. And so what if her type is a freshly single man who may be a little damaged and have a big dick who can, you know, do some damage to her, if you know what I'm saying? We all have our things. And that's just what Ariana looks for. But there were some people who were actually questioning, wait, Ariana has not said a single thing about this because she doesn't give a fuck. She has won the I don't give a fuck war and she had no allies in that war. And she literally defeated the whole rest of the world single handedly by herself. She dropped the I don't give a fuck nuke. She just doesn't care. So she hasn't said a single word about this. She doesn't clear up rumors. Where's your sense of humor? So people were really confused when she came out with a perfume this week. (laughs) She said, yes, you're going to think I'm a homewrecker, but wouldn't my perfume make your home smell so beautiful? It's called the cloud pink. And she did a photo shoot with it with like a giant perfume bottle with her. And I saw this funny meme of the last time Ariana Grande had to publicly apologize for something when she licked that donut she didn't pay for and told uh, the people in the donut shop that she hates America because Americans are disgusting. (laughs) And she was ahead of her time with that one. We all know that. I actually just ate some donuts. So she was probably referring to me in that statement, but I still love her. And she apologized on Good Morning America while she was promoting her perfume again. So people are like, wow, the bigger the scandal, the bigger the perfume launch with Ariana Grande. And it's so fucking true. Because before before a homewrecker, before a music artist, she is a capitalist. Whoever said money can't solve your problems must not have enough money to solve them. And yeah, it probably hurts that everyone thinks she's a two-timing trashy hoe, but she has a lot of money to fall back on. And she's not those things. So I'd like everyone to stop tearing her down. But anyway, in in this uh, perfume ad, she was wearing her wedding ring. So everyone online was like, oh my God, her and Dalton are still married. It was a hoax the whole time. They're not even divorced. She just literally doesn't have Twitter because we bullied her off of it in 2019. Because she literally hasn't had Twitter in so many years because she just couldn't deal with the stands anymore. Word to Doja Cat. She's kind of going through that as well. But the thing with Ariana is that she does probably have a burner account because after the whole world thought that she was still married because of this wedding ring, she then posted some photos on her story. And can I tell you something? Ariana Grande had a stunt double for Wicked who was like always walking around with her. And someone was like, what if that was the person who's dating Ethan and it's not Ariana? <laughs> the whole time, the stunt the stunt double just like can't say anything because she has an NDA or something. And, and Ariana Grande is like, who's Ethan Slater? Who is this person? She's still married, but she's not. So she was posting all these photos on her Instagram story with her hands covered because you know how she like puts her hands in her sleeves all the time like a turtle and doesn't like to like show her body like that. She never wears pants or probably has a shirt on underneath just an oversized sweater is basically an extension of her body. So you couldn't really see her ring. But then she made it clear in the next photo that the perfume bottle ad where the 
engagement ring was in was from November 2022 because she put the the date stamp on there and her and Dalton officially split up around May 2023. So she was like, before y'all get excited, don't. I was still trying to give that unworthy man a chance. So that's why my wedding ring, wedding ring was still on. And then the bigger gag is, is that Alta photoshopped her ring out of all the photos. So you now you know there's two versions of those photos, one with the ring, that's the normal picture, then one with the pink cloud perfume bottle and her hand resting on it with the photoshopped like blurry finger where her ring was supposed to be. Jeez, what a mess. Being a celebrity going through a divorce would be so hectic and chaotic because you can't even do anything without the world just attacking you and coming for you so much so that you have to edit your ring out of whatever business you're doing. That would just be so much anxiety, man. Poor Ariana. I guess poor Dalton, though, because can you imagine losing Ariana? And apparently Ethan and Ariana are still taking a break just so Lily J can get her panties out of a bunch and stop bullying Ariana and going to crying to TMZ when she really should be going to cry to Jesus. Anyway, let's move on. So things are looking fine for Ariana. Thank you. Doja Cat next. So Doja Cat, after saying she hates her fans and they are not her friends, and why do they even obsess over a stranger like this like their whole ass adults obsessing over a whole ass stranger they should go get a job and get off their phone and touch some grass maybe moo in the grass like doja cat would do i feel like doja cat doesn't touch grass because she's always on her phone she probably eats the grass like a cow she just puts her face in it no i'm just kidding i I can have a little bit of sympathy for Doja Cat, even though she did repeatedly say her fans are dumb and they're silly for liking her music because they were cash grabs and so cheap and they fell for it and was completely harassing her fans for totally no reason at all. She came out with this new single called Paint the Town Red and the whole song kind of describes this character that she's playing called Scarlet and Scarlet is the name of her new album. It's the name of her new tour. And this Scarlet character is in the music video. And she sings about everything that Doja Cat has been shamed for in the past few years. And that could be a lot of different things. She's been canceled and bullied for so many things in the past. And then she kind of takes all those things and explains why she's acting up now. So the whole world is starting to realize that Doja Cat is playing this character where she's giving a fuck you to society, including her own fans, like everyone. This character of Scarlet is evil. She's demonic. She's the devil. She's a rebel because she is playing the story of a woman with a scarlet letter. And that's why she's always in red. That's why the A on the cover art is upside down because the scarlet letter of A is something that shamed women were given when they were seen as social pariahs and needed to be shamed by society. So people realize when she's singing this song about like fans aren't something that I need anymore. Uh, I would rather be famous instead. She's kind of saying like she still wants society's attention, but she doesn't necessarily need her fans right now because this character that she's playing just wants everyone to see how frustrated she is and things that she's mad about and just wants to give a whole fuck you to the entire world. So people are actually starting to turn back on Doja Cat's side just a little bit because they're understanding the art behind it all. And the Scarlet character is actually 
quite smart because it's working. She's getting so many people's attention to her music. And then her music is explaining why she's mad and why she's acting up against all these people. And the only reason I'm going to give Doja Cat a little bit of leeway is because there is a line in the song where she kind of apologizes for calling her fans dumb. And she says, fans aren't dumb, but extremists are. But, you know, still, bitch, I said what I said. I'd rather be famous instead because if you're going to listen to me and follow me on all these social media apps but not really care about the music and just uh, see me as a public persona that you can tear down and critique because you're bored and that's all you do, uh, fuck you. Fans ain't dumb but extremists are. I'm a demon lord. Fall off what I ain't seen the horse. Called your bluff better cite the source. Fame ain't something that I need no more because bitch, I said what I said. I'd rather be so students i hope all your lives are going great um you all deserve it and i'm obsessed with all of you summer is almost over which is kind of upsetting for people who have real jobs <laughs> i'm sorry i have a real job like social media is definitely a real job no matter what my grandma says but yeah it does kind of stink like my sister's a teacher my mom was a teacher they both have to go back to school i know a lot of you guys are in school so just definitely enjoy this last week or so live it up because for all we know like pitbull said we might not get tomorrow or was that neo which which bald man was was that but um so this week, I visited Chicago. Chicago, Chicago. I, I grew up in Chicago, like in the southwest suburbs of Chicago. And I just went back to visit. I've been in LA for like two months now. And the demonic soul-eating energy of LA was getting to me a little bit. So I visited home to see my family and my dogs, who are literally like the love of my lives. They're my everything. They're the light of my lives. I love them more than any human on this whole planet. I have a pit bull. She's like my baby. She like pees in my bed and like bites me, but I love her so much. I got to see my nephew. Um, and then I also just did some, I, I, I like how I skipped over the nephew part. I was like, I love my dog so much. And I was like, also I got to see my nephew, but I really do like my nephew. Um, he is so cute. We look so much alike. It's so crazy and lucky for him. Cause I'm beautiful and gorgeous. He has such big blue eyes like I do. And I feel like we'll just be best friends. He's like the happiest baby. And he looks like the baby from The Incredibles. I'm just waiting for him to like start on fire and shape shift into monsters. That will, I'll be so proud of him if he does that. I also did some Chicago activities. I went to Market Days, which is like a gay festival in Chicago. It was really fun. Just the streets were very uh, filled with gay activities and gay queer owned businesses and it was on the street of Boys Town where all the gay bars are. Millie Bobby Brown would be really triggered if she went. J.K. Rowling would not get 50 miles in that proximity. But I played Twister on stage in front of a bunch of people. But it wasn't just Twister. It was like dirty Twister. There were men dressed in blue and yellow, red, green, like the Twister color shorts. So the announcer, who was a fabulous drag queen, would say like, put your hand on like left hand on blue. And then her next thing would be like now right hand on red, but like a red ass cheek. So you had to put your hand on someone's ass and then they'd be like, okay, put your head to someone's ass. 
if they're wearing green. So you had to like go find one of the guys who's wearing green and put your head on their butt. I don't know. It was like very fun. Just a big extravaganza. I was out for like 12 hours in a row. And I, I don't know how people go to Lollapalooza. I also went to that this weekend. I don't know how people can do that because going out four days in a row to a festival is in a, like that's an Olympic sport. Your bodies must be more durable than Captain America's himself. Like, are you wearing an Iron Man suit? Is your friend group the Avengers? How do you all do Lollapalooza for four days in a row or Coachella or any of that? I must be an 85-year-old man at heart because I can only do one of those long days. And I knew people who were going to Lala and then going to the clubs after. It was like an all-day marathon. And I am not a marathon runner. I'm not an Olympian. I'm a marathon sleeper. But Market Days was fun. I There was one moment that was not very fun, though. And it was when I was at the club and this man who, like, really dogged me super bad was there. And he was trying to talk to me the whole time. Like, he actually did come up and talk to me. And the last time we spoke, I called him a bad seed on the earth who was born innately wrong because he's so evil. Because, like, there's no way someone who was born right could do the things that he has done. And when you really want to get to a man, you have to find out what's most important to them. And what was really important to this guy was seeming, like, morally superior, more dignified, uh, more just, like, he was very smug and just wanted to seem, like, the morally superior man in any situation. So when he did something so awful to me, I, I had to think of how to really get to him in my last text to him before I blocked him on everything. So I just let him know that he is a bad seed on the earth and that he was born wrong and that I was not offended. I was just repulsed and disgusted by the display of inhumane Im immorality that he displayed. And I knew that would get to him. And it has because I've been hearing that anytime he goes out and sees my friends, he asks them where I am and wants to talk to me and they won't tell him where I moved. And it's hilarious. Uh, I guess I can't block him from listening to this podcast. So if you're here, fuck you. But he came up to me and hugged me and I was like, oh, hey, you know, his, his name. But I like and I smiled at him and he was like, am I still the worst person ever? And I was like, ha, no. But I said that kind of in a way where like you're in an Uber and the Uber is making not funny jokes but you laugh and be nice so he doesn't shoot you that's why I, that's why i was doing that you know what i'm saying and then the rest of the time he kept trying to go up and talk to me but my friends would stop him and be like is that really a good idea and my friends are really real for that because i just did not want to deal with it and then he was like i just want to go talk to him because he, he called me a bad seed on the earth <laughs> because he is so I'm, I'm happy that that got to him and i'm not going to have a conversation with him to ease his conscience. He, he can deal with that so anyway, I want to talk about Taylor Swift now um, because on my way home from Chicago, I flew over SoFi Stadium and that is exactly the stadium that she announced 1989 Taylor's version. And if you don't like care about 1989, you should because you know, like you remember all your family remembers your mom was dancing to it. Your uncle was dancing to it. Your baby like 1989 was the album of the last decade. It won album of the year that year. And Taylor's version is coming out October 27th and it already has 500,000 pre-orders. That is more than any new album this year and it is a re-release. That is how fucking powerful she is and why I say she's Michael Jackson level famous because she's just so impressive. She has three number ones from that album. Three number ones. You got three number nuns, bitch. She, well, that record is only beat by Katy Perry, who had five number ones from one album. But Taylor took out the competition on that album with Bad Blood that was written about Katy Perry. And has anyone heard from her since? No. So, period. And I think that's also the album that made us all sexually attracted to Taylor Swift. Because that was when she was really embracing her, like, young, sexy vibe. And she was really getting into 
the nitty gritty of those kind of feelings. And you know who Taylor Swift is sexually attracted to? Women. And the way she announced 1989 confirms that to me. Denial is a river in Egypt, you guys. Taylor Swift is bisexual. And the announcement at the Eras tour was so 1989 coded for one specific reason. There was blue outfits. There was the girl squad there. But there was also Carly Kloss. Carly Kloss was looking queerness right in the eye that night. Carly's the woman that Taylor dated in 2014 and 2015. And that dirty blonde baddie with a bob is the reason for Taylor Swift's queer awakening. Taylor Swift would always describe 1989 as the album where she was just focusing on her friends and where she was single for a few years. But that's not true. She was to the public single, but there was a secret girlfriend. So why do people think that they were dating? Because they were supermodel best friends. They first met at the Victoria's Secret fashion show. And then after that, they were doing Vogue shoots together. They did Vogue interviews where they were taking the best friend quiz. They were going on road trips together. And everyone knows that lesbians do that. That's like second base on the lesbian baseball diamond spectrum. They were seen. Oh, also on this road trip, they wrote like Taylor and Carly in the sand with a heart. Like people are like, don't assume they were together. It's not even assuming at this point. It's just insane. There was also a moment where Taylor was wearing a bracelet that said bisexual on it around the time she was talking with Carly. Uh, they were kissing. They were they were uh, allegedly kissing at a concert. There's a photo of them on the balcony area of some theater concert and both of their hair, both of their matching dirty blonde bobs are hiding their lips locking. And then one of them came out and said that they were just whispering in each other's ears. The closet is glass. Those women are gay. And Taylor even said that she had a room for Carly in her New York apartment and framed photos of Carly. We all know how lesbians are U-Haul gays and they move in after a few months of dating. So I think they went down that rabbit hole, which is just a rite of passage for them. It's a canon event. We have to let them do it. And we love them for that. The B in LGBT is not silent. And Carly was very influential for the 1989 era because first of all, Carly was the first person Taylor played 1989 for. <gasps> I mean, what an honor. That, that is the honor of a lifetime. And to me, anyone who has a Taylor Swift song written about them are immortalized in music history. Like, I want a Taylor Swift song written about me. Even if I was Katy Perry, I'd be happy about it. Because even if my career was flopping, she would, Im like, she would immortalize me. Because Taylor Swift is going to be remembered for centuries. And maybe other people will not. So, like, damn, you're going to get to be a part of the Taylor Swift history book? Um, so fun. Taylor even said that Carly Kloss was the inspiration behind her Bob that she had for 1989. What's your name, BLB? So they're calling you Bob. Stop playing. You know that I'm known for the Bob. Some people didn't like it. I saw them ref that sure referring to her Bob as a fuck-ass Bob. I liked the Bob. But... Um, Carly told The Cut in an interview before, quote, I met Taylor Swift last night and she said, oh, I want to cut my hair, Carly. If you see me in a few months with that haircut, you know it'll be because of you. And then she gave herself the bob. Crazy. There's a lot of songs that came from Taylor Swift and Carly Kloss's romance, like Cruel Summer, because in Cruel Summer, she says, which by the way, is number three on Billboard right now. Like how insane is that? That's a miracle of a song. It's an anomaly that a song released four years ago was number three on Billboard. Crazy, bad shit, so powerful. 
wow. Just in awe, show-stopping, totally, completely has never been done before. Incredible. But Taylor says, I snuck in through the garden gate every night that summer just to seal my fate. And there's so many photos of her going into Carly's house through a garden gate. And she has, it's a beautiful, very tended to garden around a gate. But it just seems like it would be about Carly. Plus, welcome to New York when she's like, and you can want who you want. Boys and boys and girls and girls, welcome to New York. And who was she dating in New York? Carly Kloss. That's the apartment that Carly had a room in. And no, they weren't just roommates. And they weren't just friends who all their clothes fit each other like Ken and Alan. They were scissor sisters. And something else I'll say is that Taylor does seem like the kind of woman or gay who would date someone who looks like them. And they do look a lot alike. But anyway, yeah, there's my, my point of all of this is that at the 1989 announcement show on August 9th, hence on 8-9, because Taylor Swift is insane, um, Carly was at the show. And that is breaking fucking news. That is a pop culture emergency. Because we all thought Carly and Taylor had a falling out. And they weren't these lipstick lovers anymore. They weren't even friends. And then she pulls up to the 1989 announcement show. And she doesn't sit in the tent where all the famous rich celebrities sit. She sits in the stands on like the 300 level with all the other civilians. <laughs> what? Like, did she wait in the Ticketmaster queue with the rest of us with seven different devices open and all your different friends on a group phone call? At that moment, all the Gaylor stands went to the situation room in the White House and we're just staring at the fucking screen like, oh my God, Carly Kloss is at the Eras tour but she's sitting in the bleachers. And you know what that says to me? That says to me they have beef and they're not BFFs anymore because there was random ass celebrities like Adam fucking Sandler and his Walmart basketball shorts that he always has on that were sitting in the celebrity tents. But Carly Kloss wasn't to me that screams they have beef and she couldn't text Taylor to be like hey I want to come to your show can you get me into the tent like I just want to have a safe place to sit they could even text each other and it's not like this is a situation where she wanted to like financially support her friend and just pay for a ticket because Taylor Swift's a billionaire from this tour so there's no excuse and it's kind of giving yeah I showed up at your party will you have me will you want me will you tell me to go fuck myself or lead me to the garden to the garden gate you guys they're lesbians they are oh my god it's also giving and if i'm dead to you why are you at the wake cursing my name wishing i stayed the whole show, fans theorized that Taylor Swift was looking up right where Carly Kloss was, especially while singing songs like Dress or Maroon. I believe those were the surprise songs or like songs like The One, anything that could really be of a sapphic undertone. And TBH, if I was Carly, I would show up too. It reminds me of like divorced parents when they both go to their son's baseball game or something. And they're like, this is my son, too. I deserve to be here. I feel like Carly thinks, like, this is my album, too. You wrote this album about me and showed it to me. And I inspired the, the, the fuck-ass Bob for the album. Like, I should be here for the announcement, too. And the one show she goes to is this one. I don't know. Too many stars are aligning. It's just so wild to me. And apparently, allegedly, they, at some point, because so many fans were taking photos with Carly, 
because she's a part of the Taylor Swift lore and everyone wants to, you know, capitalize on this and take a selfie with her, she was escorted to the celebrity tent. And then after the show, she was asked to like go backstage and apparently her and Taylor hung out and then made even more plans to hang out more in the future. I saw a blind item as well that said Taylor is speaking to someone new who is a quote fan favorite. Like her new romantic partner is someone that we know who was a fan favorite of the celebrity world or her past or something. So I'm just dying to know who that is. And I feel like it could be Carly Kloss. But anyway, what can we learn from this whole thing? I know I was really coming for their whole secret bisexuality vibe the whole time. But at the same time, I like I don't need them to come out. I don't need them to declare themselves of anything. But what the whole fan base is theorizing and always oh, talking about Taylor Swift's love life. I feel like it is exciting to talk about and we could still discuss while not needing an answer from them or forcing anything out of them. And I, I want to share the lesson. And it actually came from a movie I watched this week called The Red, White and Royal Blue that like literally made me cry because it's a movie about a, a, two queer men. One of them is the son of the president in the United States. And the other one is the Prince of England. So they're like two huge uh, leader, young people in the world who secretly date as a gay couple and then come out because they're i mean i shouldn't like spoil it but at some point have to come out and they feel robbed of their ability to do so on their own and then they give some kind of spiel so uh, this is what we can learn from this secret queer romance that could stay secret and that would be great they talk about how every queer person has the right to come out or not their right to determine for themselves how and when to share their queer identities in the world Every queer person has the right to come out on their own terms and on their own timeline or not to come out at all. The forced conformity of the closet cannot be answered with the forced conformity of coming out of it. It's not about shame. It's a matter of privacy and the fundamental right of self-determination. There is a tyranny. And I think that's so true because I, I don't think everyone has to come out if they don't want to or don't feel safe or don't feel like it's a part of their identity that they need to share at this moment. And I feel like these days coming out has been changed by some like in the past coming out was seen as this bold, insane move of like freeing yourself finally. But now I feel like coming out is so normalized almost that when a straight person looks at a queer person that that's in the closet, they almost want to force them out of it um, because they think it should be no big deal. And why would they hide? And it, it's almost like sometimes people come out to appease someone else and not themselves just so they can get it over with or let them feel comfortable, let them put them into a box. But there's still a lot of negative parts to coming out, unfortunately, that people seem to overlook just because it's accepted these days. And that's why there's this unnecessary pressure on someone to question why they would feel trepidation about it at all. There is a tyranny there that constricts queer people as kind of servants to straight awareness because no matter our pride that we have now, outness still costs queer people a lot it could cost you money potential jobs health care the, the ability to be a parent uh, some people's roofs over their heads um the ability to go into a restaurant and enjoy yourself because in the past few months the justice department argued that the supreme court should be allowed should allow businesses to treat out people as a fireable offense so coming out isn't necessarily just a matter of if I feel shameful or not internally, it could be a matter of self-determination and that's what everyone is owed. So I don't think anyone should be upset that Taylor Swift would not necessarily come out. I don't want to waste no time 
yesterday and I cried on the flight coming home again. Last time I was crying the whole three and a half hour plane ride, I was that baby on the plane that their parents couldn't get them to shut the fuck up and is annoying all the other passengers. It'd probably be for the best to just open a window and throw them out without a parachute. That was me the first time. This time I just cried a little bit. I was a little emo leaving my hometown again, all my friends and family and my space where I grew up. And it's just a little bit reflective and sad being like, wow, I'm growing up like I'm leaving home and on this new chapter and on my own kind of happy tears as well. But, you know, I was still crying on the way there and I, I didn't think I would really cry. But then I watched Red, White and Royal Blue and it was just so emotional. And that's what really broke the dam. And I was about to start bawling. Truly Kim Kardashian like <laughs> crying. But the the. um flight attendant lady was about to offer me water and complimentary snacks and I didn't want to take them while I was bawling my eyes out so I held back my tears in that moment that I really thought I was about to start bawling so I can look over at her and be like no I'm okay and then get back to my my sobbing so I didn't really bawl uh but I, I did cry watching red white and royal blue mostly just because I love seeing queer representation in movies and I want a man to love me like that and I don't think anyone ever will or at least it feels like it right now just that perfect love I definitely crave and then right after I watched Red White and Royal Blue I was listening to Zane's new song Love Like This and I started crying again Zane's new song made me start crying <laughs> what's wrong with me who am I what like am I pregnant am I, am I going through something are there hormones going on it's just such a good song it's a song about realizing that there is deep love to be had in your life and you can find a perfect love with someone. And that's exactly how I was feeling after watching red, white and real blue. So it was just amplifying the same emotions. Oh, Zane really had me tearing up. Plus he's so sexy. Like anything he does brings me to tears. I'm putting overtime in these dating apps though. I'm not even kidding. I'm really trying to talk to people now. I'm checking that shit. Like my business email, really seeing what's going on. I get, I get matches, but people don't talk to me for that long or we just never message each other and i say like I, I i don't think i'm weird i had a lot of luck in chicago i met plenty of men there but here i don't know maybe people don't want anything serious maybe there's more sexy la models and famous rich people to go hang out with i'm not sure what's off putting people but i'm gonna keep going on them really intensely this week and i will have a boyfriend by next week i promise you so stay tuned for that because i'm really gonna make it work this week um because i'm because i'm a little gay just like Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift is a little gay. But now we have to talk about Lil Tay. So Lil Tay, if you do not know, made massive headlines this week. And she is very, very young. She's competing with Blue Ivy and the Northwest of the world for the it the the next it girl of upcoming generations. She has 3.5 million Instagram followers. Lil Tay is famous for being a delinquent. Let's just be fucking real. When Lil Tay was nine, she burst onto the scene of social media because she would act insane. She would 
say the craziest shit as a nine-year-old online to get attention. Her brand was being about the, the youngest flexor to ever do it on us. <laughs> so just picture a very young, um, of some kind of Asian descent girl who would kind of dress like a slightly innocent, like they weren't like dressing her up in a certain way. She was kind of just wearing her Amber Crombie and Fitch flip-flops, but also degrading you in your whole life while holding hundreds of thousands of dollars and sitting on top of luxury cars that she cannot drive. She would say things like, she's a nine-year-old, she's a nine-year-old millionaire who smokes dope and drinks alcohol and that the amount of money she's holding in her hand is more than your mama's rent. She would say things like she will fuck your mom um, and that she's a Harvard dropout. <laughs> what? Like it's hard? You already know what it is. Little Ty, the youngest flex of the century. I'm only nine years old, but I'm richer than all y'all broke ass haters. This be my kitchen, it's bigger than your whole entire living room, and I got four more houses. Those haters are already older than me, but y'all still talking shit. I'm a nine-year-old millionaire, and I be smoking dope, bitch. Shut your mouth before I smack you, auntie. Little Tay out here balling in the eye gate. I dropped 200 racks on this car, and I'm only nine years old. I got the keys to this car. It's kind of hilarious when little kids swear and just have no filter, and they don't even, like, they're really not aware what they're saying. So sometimes when I would watch Lil Tay back in the day, I'd be like, ah, she's, she just says the darndest things. She's so cute and funny. But it would really get crazy. She was like if Takashi 69 was a nine-year-old girl, which he probably wishes that he was. But she was getting covered on Good Morning America. People were saying she needs to go on Beyond Scared Straight. And she would really be the Super Nanny's biggest challenge yet. And we all know that nine-year-olds are terrifying. Like they will bully you down. And make you want to go shrivel yourself into a corner and just completely disintegrate. Like this nine-year-old girl would have the Migos shaking. Kodak Black would be hiding. Bad Baby walked so Lil Tay could run. See this? These are butterfly wings. Y'all haven't seen this car in your lives. I've been driving this around the Beverly Hills area and I'm only nine years old. I got no license, but I ain't ever gonna get no license. Beach, if y'all try to mess with us, I'm gonna shit it on your mama. We had a whole lot of gang shit. Gang, gang. Ooh, Lil Tay be trapping out in six-star hotels. And I got the iPhone X. What y'all broke-ass bitches have? Y'all have iPhone 5. And I'll be drinking your college tuition, bitch. Lil Tay be drinking good. I got this Gucci lid roller. This shit cost me six thou. And I'll be using it to brush off all y'all raggedy-ass hoes. That would be Northwest if Kanye ran the TikTok and not Kim. But this girl who just really blew up for doing these kind of like short form videos before they were even a thing. Like they would just watch her because they think she's funny. There, there really wasn't a point to her. Sometimes she'd try to be inspirational and say, oh, I made all this money by the time I was nine. You can make money too, no matter what age you are, no matter what you're doing, blah, blah, blah. So I guess there was like an inspirational side to her. But mostly people would just watch her because she was like, like a train wreck. Just all this negative attention on her. Uh, her parents really exploited her. When she was being covered on Good Morning America, the major question was, does child exploitation go too far on social media? Because clearly a nine-year-old can't consent to these life-altering clips she's making of herself that are going to haunt her for 
her whole life. And I would say this is the worst example of child exploitation that the internet has maybe ever seen. Just someone telling her to say these awful things because clearly she didn't learn them herself. Um, so this whole conversation about parent exploitation was going on and right when the world needed her most, she disappeared for five years. She didn't make videos from the time she was nine until now. And she was, she's 14 now and apparently she died. Yeah. You know, all, all, all the, all the heroes die young. So on her Instagram, there was a post that said, it is with a heavy heart that we share the devastating news of our beloved Claire's sudden and trashy, tragic, <laughs> I almost said trashy, tragic passing. So apparently her name was Claire. We have no words to express the unbearable loss and indescribable pain. This outcome was entirely unexpected and has left us all in shock. And to add a gag on top of a gag, to make a gagaroonie, apparently her brother died too. Yeah. Double homicide. So her brother, who at this point would be like 20, uh, the, the note continued and said, her brother's passing adds an even more unimaginable depth to our grief. During this time of immense sorrow, we kindly ask for privacy as we grieve this overwhelming loss. As the circumstances surrounding Claire and her brother's passing are still under investigation, Claire will remain in our hearts forever. Her absence leaving an irreplaceable void that will be felt by all who knew and loved her. Like to me, they're, they're framing it as if this is like a John Benet Ramsey situation where she was just sweet, innocent tap dancing girl. But in my head, I'm like, what, what gang violence was she in? Like, who did she owe money to? What happened to Lil Tay? I was still, you know, I'm still sad that she was dead because I remember her. She was so funny and no one wants to see, you know, like no one deserves that even if they were maybe a bad influence online. So it was super sad. I was like, oh, like I definitely wanted to see her grow up and maybe how she would feel about it, you know, in the future about everything she did and grow into an amazing woman. But yeah, apparently she died. Only the good die young, as <laughs> they say, but maybe that is not true. But there was a lot of conspiracy theories about how she died, like what the fuck was happening because people were like, there was like, they gave no reason. What's the reason? What was the reason? Did she choke on her Laffy Taffy? Did she eat a Tide Pod? Was it gang violence? People were conspirizing that her parents who exploited her, specifically her dad, her biological dad, killed her and her brother. That was the main conspiracy because apparently her and her brother were suing her parents so they could get rights to her Instagram account back because now that her brother was over 18, they could do all of that stuff and he could control her career because the parents were just using her to make money and the whole gag of having a nine-year-old say all those things was paying their bills and all that and she stopped posting because she and the brother didn't like how the parents were handling everything and they were trying to get rights of her accounts back for years and this week they were supposed to finally get the rights to the Lil Tay brand back so apparently her biological dad killed her plus a report of a skiing accident came out this week around where Lil Tay lives and the description of the victim of a 14-year-old of a girl who died matched Lil Tay. So people were like, oh my God, was the dad behind it? Maybe his name is Big Tay. Was Big Tay behind it? We don't know. Another conspiracy theory is that her old manager launched a crypto coin called the Lil Tay coin right after she died. And he said that it's in honor of the youngest flexor to ever do it on us, Lil Tay. So people thought that maybe her manager alongside with Lil Tay and the brother faked their deaths so they could get attention for their crypto coin. 
um, that would not surprise me. These Instagram baddies will do anything for attention and crypto coin is the biggest scam and the quickest way to trick people into just handing over your money for literally nothing as we have learned the hard way this year. So I wouldn't doubt it. But people were still reeling though. It was honestly kind of sad as if Stewie died on the family guy. Like he was a horrible kid, but he was so funny and made us all laugh. And you know, she just didn't deserve that. But then, you know, by the grace of God or Satan, whichever, Lil Tay and her brother came out from the from beyond the grave and said that they're still alive. <laughs> she said, I'm a bad bitch. You can't kill me, bitch. Death is afraid of me, bitch. She came out in a very serious tone. You know, age has really gotten to her. Her adolescence has changed her. And she said, I want to make it clear that my brother and I are safe and alive. I'm completely heartbroken, though. And I'm struggling to even find the right words to say. It's been a very traumatizing 24 hours. All day yesterday, I was bombarded with endless heartbreaking and tearful phone calls from loved ones, all while trying to sort out this mess. Yeah, that'd be really actually sad like though the scheme of planning your death would have to be something you plan out for a long time so you don't worry your loved ones like you'd have to tell them all make them sign ndas or something and i feel like if i plan like faked my death i would get so many phone calls because i'm so like beloved and of people absolutely wallowing and screaming at the heavens and maybe wanting to take their own lives because what is a life living without me <laughs> I'm just kidding, but there'd be really traumatizing phone calls and I wouldn't want to put anyone through that. So I understand why she would say this week has been really traumatizing for me and everyone around me. This is actually so fucked up because she continued and said, my Instagram account was compromised by a third party and used to spread jarring misinformation and rumors regarding me to the point that they even got my name wrong. My legal name is Tay Tien, not Claire Hope. Wow. Yeah, that's really fucking insane. So apparently she really, really did get her Instagram hacked and Meta, uh, the business that runs like Instagram and Facebook, had to help her get the hacker out of her account. But it's like, who is, is planning to tell the world that Lil Tay died? That's shocking. Maybe it was her dad trying to like foil the plan for the crypto coin so they couldn't make money because he wanted to make money or he wanted to like throw off the lawsuit or something because press outlets were asking him to confirm if his, his daughter died and he would say i can't confirm that or like he he is not going to give us any information right now maybe it's something with the dad uh we don't know but this is such a meticulously planned out thing because the length of the statement of like saying that she died and it was also serious and it was just very sinister the whole thing so i hope no one is after Lil tay trying to put her a conservatorship or whatever because you know she is the youngest flexor to do it on us and i'm sure she does have a lot of money but faking your death is really crazy that shit should be reserved for the legends like michael jackson and tupac but anyway maybe she just is trying to relaunch her career and she's gonna start reposting on her instagram now or tiktok and she needed something to generate buzz i guess we'll have to wait and see if she does start to post and become active again and try to capitalize off of this because i think that would be very telling but in the meantime what can we learn from this i think that we can learn from the whole lil tay saga from her blowing up by getting such negative attention to then trying to relaunch her career potentially by getting negative attention is that the kind of attention you want in life is never negative attention because some people seem to not know that they really fiend for negative attention or they're not sure how to get attention in any 
other way. So they start fights with someone or act out or be mean or just insane because they feel some kind of void that they need to be filled by negative attention. Uh, an example of a person like that would be Andrew Tate just saying the craziest, nastiest, awful things to build some kind of notorious cult following around himself. And I, I think a lot of people who display negative attention-seeking behavior may be coming from a place of low self-esteem or feel insecure about themselves, and that leads them to seek validation in others in the form of, in the form of attention in order to feel worthy. Maybe they want some level of reassurance from their peers. And I think that's a natural thing as well. But resting your entire self-worth on if you can get other people's attention is problematic. Because negative attention could be seen as the easiest way to get attention. But a lot of people mistake attention for affection. And that's something we can learn too. Attention does not necessarily mean affection. And that's why negative attention is so dangerous. Because you could get it and it could be addicting. So you keep doing it like it, it for these are some examples. If you always are out with your friends and you want to do crazy stunts to impress them or be the life of the party or get so blackout drunk. So people think you're funny or build this persona for yourself. Maybe you post crazy things online. You're always um, hooking up or maybe acting more promiscuous just to have a more exciting scarlet letter than someone else or saying shocking things. Um, on Twitter or your Snapchat story, maybe you have this I don't give a fuck persona and you try to act so cool like you tear other people down to impress other people. You're overly confident or arrogant to get people's attention. Those are all examples of negative attention seeking. But as I just said, mistaking attention for affection is dangerous and you don't need to put on an act to get people's attention. And I feel like that's something we all do when we're very young and hopefully we can realize as we grow into our adult versions of ourselves that the way we should try to get attention is by treating people with respect and being self-assured and being yourself, having good vibes, being kind. And you never need to display an alternate version of yourself because you think the real natural you isn't worthy of naturally getting people's attention. So you turn to trying to get negative attention, but you never want that. And that's so easily exemplified in little time. Okay, so the BBLs are killing y'all. And now something else is killing y'all. And that is Ozempic. So Ozempic is really the modern day epidemic. It said, step aside COVID because I'm going to spread even faster. And it's really taking over not only Hollywood now, but every corner of America. If you don't know, Ozempic is this prescription medication that you can inject into your stomach. It comes in like a little pen that you just quickly inject and poke yourself within the stomach and it releases hormones in your body. So you get full faster. You can't eat as much. Thus you lose weight. 
So it's helping a lot of people lose weight very quickly. It was originally made for people with diabetes so they could save themselves from the very negative adverse effects of having diabetes and quickly lose weight to save their lives. But now people are just using it to casually drop three or four pounds because they don't want to deal with the good old fashioned calorie deficit. And it's really not just the Kardashians doing it anymore. My mom's coworker was doing it, but he he kept eating too much. So he kept throwing up. Uh, like the biggest adverse side effect is throwing up and having stomach pains. That's what a lot of people say when they're on it, but you should really only be throwing up if you eat too much because your stomach can't hold as much food when you're on Ozempic. So if you just keep eating, it's not going to have space and you will throw up. And that's kind of the whole point of the medication. It's supposed to make you eat really, really small portions, but my mom's coworker probably just cannot control himself. He has a printed out photo of Jesus with decorative flames around him plastered onto the hood of his car like the whole hood of his car is jesus with like hot wheels flames around him jesus did not die for that okay insane my friend's mom is on it and he said she kept throwing up and hated it but was happy to lose weight and there's a lot of celebrities who have admitted to being on it like elon musk or amy schumer amy said she was so weak she couldn't even play with her kids like he would throw a ball at her and she could barely go and pick it up and play with her holes with her son but at least she looked skinny and gorgeous and like a trophy wife while she was doing that chelsea handler tracy morgan of all people lots of celebrities are suspected to be on it but will not admit it like kim kardashian chloe kardashian kyle richards mindy kaling who is allegedly hosting ozempic injection parties in hollywood i hope i get invited to one of those i will let y'all know I'll, I'll i'll secretly vlog the whole thing maybe i'll see Lizzo there and she'll trap me in a room and make me delete the video. But yeah, I would love to go to an Ozempic party in Hollywood and just see just the madness of everyone there key keying and stabbing each other in the stomach real quick, then eating too much caviar and throwing up. Lady Gaga, Post Malone, Jonah Hill, Julia Fox, Oprah, and lots of celebrities are really losing weight rapidly. So it's becoming a little bit obvious that it's a Hollywood trend. Jimmy Kimmel at the Oscars made a joke that I thought was really funny. And he said, when I look into this room tonight, I can't help but wonder, is Ozempic right for me? <laughs> That's hilarious. I'm sure a lot of people were laughing along and not admitting to the person next to them that they are on it, which I love that he put them in the hot seat. It's very expensive, though. It could be $1,300 per prescription with no insurance and with the writer's strike going on. Maybe some of these actors won't have insurance coming up, so maybe they'll gain weight again. But the thing is, is that, yeah, it's seen as this ridiculous thing that celebrities are doing, but it used to be considered very safe. Dr. Terry Dubrow from Botched, if you've seen the E! Network show, Botched, he is like this very respected, board-certified uh, physician, uh, plastic surgeon, and of course, when it comes to the beauty industry, he has heard about ozempic and he said it's here to stay and it's like the new botox because everyone in hollywood is, is doing botox because it just is such a miracle little thing that can make you look so much younger and better and now ozempic is like the new botox because everyone's doing it and it's so miraculous and you're getting skinny it's an, this easy fix he even said ozempic is so great that they're going to release a stronger version soon that will release three hormones into you instead of just two that shit crazy you know people are going to get extra skinny now that's actually so scary about what the implications of that could be 
But now, actually, Terry Dubrow is backing up on that statement as new symptoms and really, really, really bad side effects like disastrous medical emergencies that are happening from people taking Ozempic. The number one really bad side effect people are getting is, wait for it, stomach paralysis? What the fuck? I've never heard of stomach paralysis before, but that is terrifying. So apparently stomach paralysis is when the hormones that you inject into yourself from Ozempic they are made to slow down your digestion. So your food moves really slow from your stomach into your small intestine. But now it's for some reason causing your digestive system to just completely stop and your stomach is not pushing the food along at all, which could eventually lead to a blockage in your intestines or you not absorbing nutrients or calories and in extreme cases could cause death. The FDA said that it received reports of semaglutide which is the ingredient in ozempic causing gastroparesis um some of which documented the adverse event as not recovering after discontinuation of the product at the time of their report so it's leaving lasting effects on these people who are taking it and it's a really sad story about elvis's daughter lisa marie because she had a very poor series of unfortunate events when it came to how she died. She recently died in the past year. And it's so crazy because Elvis actually died on my birthday, I believe, which is in two days or by the time you're hearing this in one day, it's, it's weird that we're talking about him dying when it's about to be my, my birthday. Um, LOL. Sorry about that. Elvis. Hopefully I did not have anything to do with that, but we still will be celebrating my birthday, not celebrating your death. Don't get it twisted. But it's so crazy because his daughter actually, just like her dad, as we know how Elvis died from uh, gastrointestinal issues, now they both have that in common. I guess that doesn't fall far from the tree. But with Lisa Marie, it was very complicated because she had bypass surgery uh, like to shrink the size of her stomach so it could help her lose weight. And apparently when she had gastric bypass surgery, scar tissue formed on some of her intestines and in her stomach, which... Uh, cause which then caused buildups of plaque and scar tissue that then blocked parts of her small intestine, which then caused bowel obstructions, which led to intestinal strangulation and death. Like when nothing can get passed along or moved down there, uh, the the organs just start to become inactive and die out and apparently 30 feet of lisa marie's small intestine died before she knew there was a problem so like a lot of her body was already kind of turning off and she didn't even know about it because of the operations that she had and then people who get bypass surgery then get on ozempic could have double the chance of getting these problems because ozempic slows down your digestive tract and so does bypass surgery potentially so now more obstructions are being caused and your intestinal health and gut situation is just 10 times worse people on ozempic are also getting pancreatitis um i do not know all the tea about pancreatitis but apparently that's even worse than stomach paralysis dr terry Debro said he has three patients who he previously had on ozempic that are now in the hospital for intestinal blocking 
and pancreatitis. Isn't that fucking crazy? Three patients. And it's, it's so weird because like out of how many, because he's like a very busy man. I'm sure his client list isn't that big. It's probably very like rich, like opulent people who get to be worked on by him. So it's like, damn, even his, who he's like the best guy to go to in the whole world. Even he's having these issues. Ozempic is calling a whole long list of problems. It, apparently, if you drink alcohol on Ozempic, it can fuck with your digestive tract and put you in the hospital, as he has seen happen to his patients as well. There's a woman on TikTok who is actually suing the Ozempic brand because she feels like it failed to warn her about the risk of stomach paralysis that now she has developed and is stuck with even after stopping the medication. So her lawyer said in this lawsuit, quote, it is our opinion that these drugs are causing these problems. We think that the evidence is, su is sufficient enough for us to be able to prove it, or we would not have filed this case. And we intend to file many more in the coming days and weeks because they are investigating 400 more other cases of people experiencing the same thing from 45 different states. Her problems have been so severe that she's been to the emergency room multiple times, including last weekend. She actually even was throwing up so violently that she lost teeth from being on a Zempic. That's so crazy. That's actually my biggest fear when I throw up that it's going to decay my teeth because that's what I've heard. Like the acid is really, really, really bad for your teeth when you throw up. So I actually haven't thrown up in a while. Thank goodness. Oh my God. And is it terrible for me to say, I don't know if this is the most terrible thing in the world for me to say, and I don't want to sound like Wendy Williams when I say this. It's It seems as though this medication is causing people to throw up to lose weight. And there's another situation where people throw up to lose weight, except when you're on Ozempic, it's like you're not inflicting it on yourself or pulling the trigger yourself. But it just seems like a stark comparison that we should definitely um, bring into consideration because I think that's a, a little bit wild. Um, another woman named Bria Hand, who is not involved in the lawsuit, said she went to the hospital six times while on Ozempic and eventually was admitted to intensive care. Quote, the stomach pain was just so unbearable and I couldn't keep anything down. I would drink something and within minutes, like five minutes, 10 minutes later, I'd be throwing it up. Um, they expect to see thousands more of these cases over the next few years as the population, as the popularity of this medication increases the only response the ozempic people gave is that they said quote patient safety is of utmost importance we recommend patients take these medications with their approved indications and under the supervision of a health care professional damn well ain't that some shit i'm sure a lot of people were maybe hoping to get their hands on ozempic themselves one day because i used to be very plus sized and i would just pray for some miracle like that that can help me out and have the process be really easy and almost like enjoyable and smooth and just get a helping hand to people who cannot seem to kickstart that own process because it is super super hard and something that should not be considered like easy. And I don't think someone who's on Ozempic should feel silly. I don't want to Ozempic shame anyone because I could see myself at different points in my life wanting to get on Ozempic. So it sucks that there's not this miracle pen that is coming without scary side effects, but it's also really good that people can be open about their experience and be honest that they are on it and then let us know. So we have these trials and case studies for ourselves to look onto if we still think it's worth it for us to want to lose the weight that way. Because trust me, going on a diet and working out, I know is literally awful. 
Like, if I didn't have to do it, I wouldn't. I feel like I'm actually in some sort of psychological hell. When I'm dieting, I feel like a, like, strapped down patient on a gurney, like, trying to, like, get out of the bed and go eat whatever I want because I'm going crazy and I just want to so bad. I'm such a food-oriented person. I'm constantly thinking about what I want to eat. I'm, like cheating on my diet right now because my birthday is tomorrow and I have like no food in my apartment so I'm just like enjoying myself right now but I'm already not looking forward to my diet like it just sucks dieting is like being like a medieval like torture contraption I just hate it like I get why people are on Ozempic but it really just stinks that all these things are happening but learning how to diet in a in a fun way in a more easy way in a healthy a uh, more doable way by finding foods that you really enjoy that you can eat in high volume and getting in workouts that you actually feel really good about. That's what we got to do. And if you can do that, you will have a solution for life and not temporarily like Ozempic and get stomach paralysis. So what can we learn from this? I think we can learn that old adage that says you give a man a fish, he eats for a day, but you give a man a fishing pole, he eats for life. And I'm saying if you give a, Karen Ozempic, she is skinny for a little bit. But if you give a Karen Weight Watchers and a fierce workout partner, she'll be fit forever. And seriously, even people on Ozempic are saying once they got off of Ozempic, they just gained the weight back and they realized it was really only a temporary fix. And that's what the medication was made for, you guys. It wasn't made as this long-term plan for people to get skinny. It's made for people who are, you know, in a really bad position where they may be developing diabetes or developing long-term effects of diabetes and they need to lose weight very quickly to save themselves from developing further. And in the meantime, they will learn skills to keep the weight off long-term. It really is a lifestyle though, because obviously if you want to be skinny for your whole life, it's going to be a lifestyle. Not saying that, you know, that should be your goal, but if someone is desiring that, it's going to have to be an everyday thing, who you are fundamentally, I would compare it to tanning. To keep up your tan, you got to tan every day. You can't just go to Mexico and absolutely, absolutely berate yourself with the sun for 12 hours straight and expect that to help you because you'll just get sunburnt and so uncomfortable that if you touch yourself, it feels like you're touching a stove top that is on full blast. That's what would happen if you just berate yourself with Ozempic. So it is a lifestyle. And I feel like ever since I've adapted that lifestyle into my life and been living like a fit, you know, 365 year, I've been so happy and it feels so natural to me now waking up and eating my egg whites and my uh, whole wheat tortillas with my kale juice and then having grilled chicken and salads and healthy meats and pastas and carbs and fats all day it just makes me feel good and I have grown to love those foods so I'm living proof that the permanent fix is in the lifestyle all right well thank you guys for joining me I hope the tea was hot enough I cooked it on the stove at a hot enough temperature uh it's Leo season you know what I'm saying I'm a Leo so doesn't that mean I should be having a good time but why do I feel like everything is just so hectic right now is Venus in, in retrograde? Is that why everyone's divorcing? Is that why no one will hit me up on Hinge? Ugh, I just need answers. So frustrating. Also, being back in LA, not like I'm so thankful and happy to be here, but sometimes when I'm here, I'm just like, oh my God, there's so much going on. I need a second to breathe. But there's this crushing weight like, you better work really hard every day to have a career. And 
at home I could just like take a breather for a second but we're just gonna try to keep good vibes see I'm spiraling because my birthday's this week but I'm gonna try to stop spiraling anyway speaking of spiraling the question last week to talk to my students and see what crazy shit is going on in your own lives and seeing what degenerates you're sharing the class with was um tell me about a time you or someone you knew was brought to court why and how did it go and there were some pretty funny responses this person said well bella said i don't even know if i should say your name because of the response i'm about to read but you said my grandpa he got false accusations of molesting and he is in prison now but he gets out in april so everybody be safe in april when april comes around make make, make sure you're walking safely at night not alone <laughs> i'm kidding i'm kidding that, that that is just shocking the twink was too stunned to speak but you know what bella i believe you and i'm happy for him to get out hopefully you know if he really was innocent he didn't serve too long and but you know he could serve when he gets out serve honey okay someone else said because my fucking upstairs neighbor would blast music even when we told them my grandpa died if we can have it quiet instead they just put the music higher pissed on my fucking window and says nobody cares oh my god did you live next to a crackhead like your grandpa died and they were blasting rake it up by Nicki minaj the next day like what was going on there damn they have no empathy for you they said your grandpa died well i'm gonna piss on your front door damn this person said your podcast isn't on schedule anymore it's been very delayed lately can you comment on your podcast and what we should expect you guys i try to put it on tuesday it's either like really Thursday, like it's really early in the morning on tuesday or like later in the afternoon but i usually try to give warnings on my instagram stories about you know if it'll be later or earlier last week it was delayed because i was waiting for tory lanes to get his sentence so we can talk about it but i really do try to give updates about what time to expect it but always tuesday always 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 tuesday um this person said my best friend was sued by her school oh my god she was being sued for choking another student and there was a video footage of the other student doing the same thing first wow oh my god you got just strangling each other that's some wwe type shit there who gets in a hand-to-hand -hand combat just choking the other person <laughs> were they trying to choke each other out first is this like the hunger games damn y'all they were going for for the kill not just the demoralization of getting their ass beat this person said, my bestie got robbed in LA, leaving a mall, and two guys grabbed her and took her phone and purse. She just had trial hearing yesterday, and those motherfuckers got three years. Not enough. Whoa, they got three years? Oh my god, two guys grabbed her and took her phone and purse. Honestly, good for them. I mean, good for her for being so real about her experience and being brave enough to bring them there. And then getting three years in prison? Oh my god. That's actually so crazy. Because three years... I guess it seems like a lot for robbing someone, but at the same time, maybe they had a record. Maybe this was a repeat thing. And that's why maybe they broke their probation or something. Damn. I wouldn't, I'd would be kind of nervous to like live my life knowing I sent someone to prison for three years, even if they did do something to me, but good for your friend. She's really brave. Um, okay. Let me look for another good one. This one is from Una. It says that your friend took her ex to court because when she was on holiday and not home, he broke into her house and poured milk all around her room so it smelled rotten when she came back and had to pay for the cleaner. Oh my God. 
I'd rather have someone put like Agent Orange in my room than milk over everything. Because if you've ever smelled spoiled milk, you would know that it could like literally give you some sort of disease. I'm not even joking. It's so bad. So that is a true heinous criminal offense. And he needed to go to court. Y'all are some crazy bitches, but I love all y'all. I'm obsessed with all my students. There's going to be a new question posted below. So respond and I may read your response next episode. But I'm very excited to see all you guys and speak next week. Get more into all the court cases going on and all the divorces and takedowns that seem to be happening every single week. And just all the crazy shit that will be happening as a week unfolds. So stay tuned for that. Um, rate this podcast five stars, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Leave a review, screenshot yourself listening to it, post it to your Instagram story and tag me and I'll hit you up. Feel free to DM me at any time. Follow my Instagram, Petty Bob Culture, for updates on the podcast and fun behind the scenes type story post to just see more about my life and what's going on with the podcast and celebrity really, really quick updates. As well as my TikTok and YouTube at Petty Pop Culture, the same thing. And my Snapchat show, Unfiltered Pop on Snapchat. Really helps me out if you subscribe to that and I appreciate you all. And again, through this treacherous week we're having, um, just remember if you're ever finding yourself in a bad mood this week or you feel like you're literally just gonna spontaneously combust and your day is just going awful, you have the power to breathe in for 10 seconds, restabilize your mood, and get in the right headspace that you need to be in. A calming, soothing headspace is always available to you. You just have to regain your calm and center yourself, and it will all be okay. All right. Well, I will see you next Tuesday soon. Goodbye. I love you all.